Hi, everyone. You're listening to Event Pros. On today's show, we are going to be looking at event trends in the 20s with a specific focus on the event experience. And we are also joined in the studio by a leader and influencer in the meeting and event industry, Allison Hunt Eubanks. She is the Director of Content Events for the Insurance Division of LexisNexis Risk Solutions. Allison has some amazing insights to share with us today, and you're going to get to know some of her secret sauce that you can put to work for you. So it's going to be a great show. And so with that, let's go. You're listening to Event Pros, the event professionals roundtable featuring conversations with leaders and influencers who are shaping event culture and current trends in the industry. From Dunlop Productions, your host and show producer, Dan Dunlop. Well, I want to welcome you all to the show today. This is episode one Season one, our inaugural Event Pros podcast, and I cannot think of anyone I would rather have with me today than my first guest, uh, Allison Hunt Eubanks. As I just mentioned, she is the director of content and events for the insurance division of LexisNexis Risk Solutions. Um, amazing company. Uh, Allison, it is so great to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Welcome. So excited. Thank you. I'm excited first to have episode, you here. First episode, first season. I know, I'm right. Stoked. No one can ever take that away from you, right? <laughs> nobody, yeah. And you can't compare me <laughs> to anybody. Right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know it. Um, well, I've, I've listened to your title a couple of times mm-hmm. and what you do here, and I think it's a very fascinating mm-hmm. title because you, you marry mm-hmm. actually some issues of, of content with marketing. So I just kind of want to ask you, how did you, involve, how did you evolve as the you know, this global marketing director of content and events, um, specifically event planner, but how did that all happen in your path? It's fascinating. It's not a linear path. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So funny, six years ago, I worked for a small company doing direct mail and telemarketing, creating products to sell to bank customers. And now, like you said, I do content and events at a global level for our insurance division. I joined LexisNexis uh, almost six years ago. As a vertical marketer, I only focused on our commercial insurance division here in the U.S. And we have an annual customer event every year. It's huge. takes up a lot of everybody's time. Huge investment, huge time, everything. And I found that I really enjoyed it. And so I would ask for more and more tasks and more and more tasks and get a little bit more ingrained in the whole process. But I had been doing direct mail and telemarketing, so I was learning constantly. And... Uh, The person that was running the event in the past got this great new international opportunity and they approached me and they said, hey, we have this new position that we would really like for you to to think about. It's going to kind of marry content and events. So I have two teams. Half my team does content and half my team does events. And I'm the one that's kind of in the middle, making sure that the content that's happening at events helps our message, helps our brand, helps everything, but that the event experience is also kind of tying back to the content. All of it goes together. And we felt the need to have more focus on that. And my boss saw that and she said, you know, I really think this is a huge opportunity. We do a ton of events a year. So kind of created, it's been really fun because again, nobody has done it before me, just like this podcast. (laughs) And I kind of got to make make it what I wanted it to be. Yeah. It was fun. You know, I bet you... 
many of our listeners don't have that content piece. Mm -hmm. They have the event planning yep. piece, but not the content piece. And so sometimes they can probably feel like they're in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what information are we doing? They know they're in charge of that event and have all those deliverables, but, mm -hmm. but you have a really distinct advantage. So I don't know if there's any advice to those who don't have that content piece, but uh, that would be certainly, I don't know, I think it's a real value. And I, I can see how it plays out. It is, and it's uh, it's an interesting um, place to be because I, and my brain works both ways. I am super creative and artistic. I was an art major in college, but I love an Excel spreadsheet at the same time. So, <laughs> you are an oxymoron. I really am. Yeah. So like, I love the um, the creative piece, but also the logistical piece from the event side. But I love the creative piece from the content yeah. side. And I get to do that every day. Every day is completely different. Every day is amazing. And as we joke, every year at our customer event, we get, okay, tomorrow we start over again. Right. Let's, right. let's get to do it. We get to be creative again yep. and do it all over yep. again. Yeah. And you mentioned this, but what is your normal lead time? So is it about a year for? I took September yeah. off. Okay. <laughs> Okay. But Wait, then, I'm pretty sure the meeting was in September. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, then in November, we yeah. were all yeah. together for this, yeah. year's, um, this yeah. year's year's site visit. Yeah. Um, the event happens every September. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I took September off. <laughs> yeah. Not from work, but from working on the annual yeah. customer event. Yeah. Um, and then we had a site visit really start kicking up around mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. I actually just, this is the first week of February, I just actually did my call for topics this yeah. week. Okay. So... What is that? Yeah, yeah right. It's it's eight, nine months. Every bit, um, every bit of that. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we came up with a theme at the end of last year, so we knew going in. We really like to take our theme. We like to have our event and see kind of what bubbled up. What what did people talk about? What's our next step with this theme? Because we want to continue mm. the theme next year. So we've had our theme for 2020 since right after 2019 event because we're like, oh, we want to take this forward. Like, let's take this message in push it forward. And that helps us find speakers and create yeah, content right. and all of that. Right. You know, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. You're, you saw what bubbled up from, yep. from the previous conference mm -hmm. that directed you for next. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. That's what we do every year. Wow. It's really wow. fun. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so overall, how would you describe the meeting culture, you know, from attendee experience or even from, you know, um, you know what? What do people expect on site? But what is the what is the tone? Is it all is it all business meeting? You know, pounding kind of thing, or is it does it have some? Is it you know have a different kind of life to it? You know, mm -hmm. how do you what is, what what is the tone that you that the culture set at our customer event? Yeah, yeah. Um, we want it to be a collaboration. Okay. We want it to be networking, not just with us, but with each other. Um, we work in the insurance industry. We work with insurance carriers. So we want them to learn from us, but then also learn from each other. Yeah. So it's a lot of networking. And every year we focus more and more on networking by <clears throat> setting up little areas to have conversations, making meals longer, putting things into the app to help them network with each other and set up appointments. Because what's great about this customer event is when it's done, we ask for feedback and that's what they say. We we love hearing the direction you're going and what y'all are working on, but we really love networking with each other and with wow. you. So I think it's one of, it's fun. It's always really fun. Um, everybody has a great time, but everybody's really there to learn and to figure out next steps because the insurance industry is constantly moving and constantly evolving. Yeah. Well, I was going to get to this later, but I, mm -hmm. I want to jump in this now because 
the, these customer meetings are very unique. You, you have something that probably very few have to deal with. You have a room full, a campus full of um, competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, these are folks who are in the competitive space um, and they, are, they walk in here as adversaries. Mm-hmm. But somehow when they leave, they leave great reviews mm-hmm. um, and they, um, they're better for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, that's by design that you, you know that going into it. And there's a lot of things you'll do. And we're going to talk about some of that. Yeah. But, but it sounds like that evaluation and the, the, that pacing, <clears throat> I guess, is what I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool. And I can't take credit for that. This is going to be our 23rd year. So this was happening long before me. So we have set the stage and we have set expectations. And yeah. people have come to you know yeah. make sure that CAM is on their calendar each year yeah. because yeah. they see the yeah. value of it. Yeah. And we, we try really hard and we take it very seriously to yeah. deliver that value over and over. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of us have to de- deal with, you know, the um, objectives of a meeting mm-hmm. to, in order to justify the ROI, all that kind of right. thing. So how, what does that process look like for you? Do you have those objectives? We do. Okay. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, when you think of events, whether it be a customer meeting, a trade show, a, a advisory board meeting, I know I used to think it was all about demand gen, lead gen, get a lead, get something in the pipeline. But that's not all that it's about. Um, sometimes a trade show, we do... Across our team, we do about 85. We'll do 85 events this year. Um, That makes up CAB meetings, so customer advisory board meetings. Globally, these are globally too. So global customer advisory meetings, like our September event, we do globally. We do it in the UK. We do it in China. We do it here in the US. And then we do about 70 to 75 trade shows a year. All different levels of, you know, 20,000 attendees to 2,000 attendees. Um, so each one has a little bit different goal. Our customer meeting is a little bit of everything because it's not just about Legion. It is about awareness and consideration and are they going to choose our solution? And then retention. Let's keep them like there's not an infinite number of carriers. Right. So, right. you know, right. you have to help nurture these relationships and retain them and then are just our reputation and to keep them loyal. Yeah. So it's all of that. We want to talk about new solutions. Mm-hmm. We have found kind of a really good stride where we talk about if this is where we're going, but then we talk about, okay, you currently buy from us. Are you utilizing it? Mm-hmm. Are you optimizing what you're currently buying? And yeah. that's what they really want to hear about too. Yeah. So it's really cool to kind yeah. of, it's a little bit of everything. It's yeah. not just get a lead, get a lead, get right. a lead. Right. I mean, there's such a connectedness to, what you are looking to achieve with this. And so I, I would think that'd be a great, it'd be a great um, shaping influencer when you're looking to that structure of the event, because you know what you need to have out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a lead gen, yep. but you're looking to connect and looking to influence and looking mm-hmm. to have um, downtime to even have conversations yep. and yeah, meet leadership and that. Yep. I mean, we have all different metrics. We want to, we measure how many invitations were opened just basic marketing metrics. We, our survey gives us a bunch of information. We always want to increase our attending, get that, get deeper into the, in the industry and get deeper into each organization. We want to make sure that we're meeting their expectations. We want to meet or exceed their expectations. We want them to see something that interested them, let alone multiple things that interested them. Obviously, we do have uh, the lead aspect of it, but I think what's important here is that's not our only mm-hmm. metric, and that's not only what yeah, we're focused yeah, on. Yeah. So, yeah, I think one of the challenges I think some folks have is they're they're inverted on that. Mm-hmm. They're doing an event, 
and they're gonna we're gonna almost do the event at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, show up and we're gonna do this we're at gonna you. We're gonna talk at you. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we need we need warm bodies because we're gonna mm-hmm. do this. Come hell or high water, we're gonna do this, right. and you're gonna be a part. But you you structure it from from their perspective, and and raise it up, mm-hmm. you know, very naturally. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful, actually. That's a, well, I think yeah. it's it's hard too because events are expensive. Absolutely. In a marketing budget, an event is a huge piece of a marketing budget. And I think you can get so caught up on ROI. I need these leads to prove that it was worth it. But there's so much more to it. Because you may not have a lead directly from that event. But if they think about you in six months, you know Mm -hmm. what? I went to that event. They're a really good company. Let me call them. I think I heard something about them. It's aware. You've built awareness. And you've taken it. You're you're building a relationship. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so here's a question for you. So mm-hmm. there's always challenges. You know, they always say, uh, you know, about challenges. You talk about the challenges of life, they, they push us to new heights. Mm-hmm. So has there been something in in your experience that has been a, an opportunity or challenge for you that you feel like has kind of pushed you to that new height? <laughs> Besides well, life in general? <laughs> I think we, we joke that we're firefighters, putting out fires constantly at events. Um Let's see. I would say if I'm thinking about it today, I've got my content and event hat on. I'm thinking more content today for some reason. And I think it's finding the right people to give the right presentations and getting them ready and the prep time to get them ready to deliver it because you're relying on a bunch of other people. We have 28 breakout sessions um, right. that are happening at our customer event across seven concurrent tracks. <laughs> oh my. So, yeah. you know, you've got that kind of stuff always happening. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It's so funny. You you forget about all the bad stuff. There were like learning experiences. I know now to QC certain things because ooh, we missed that one year and we were scrambling. Um, it's little things yeah. like our last event, a, a giveaway we were going to get that I had really hyped everybody up. They just never processed our thing. So of course that happens. Um, mics don't work. Clickers don't work, right, right? Right. We've had that happen a time or two, but you just kind of keep moving and mm-hmm. um, yeah. seamlessly just keep it yeah. moving. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they do. They do tend to gray us, but they also grow us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, no, I think there's always that, and you know, it's, it's live. It's it's live event, and yeah. things things don't go exactly. Food runs out. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, booze yeah. runs out. People don't like yeah. that. No. Um, so yeah. it is what it is though. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, on the other side, what, what has been some of your greatest challenges or your great, greatest joys with us? You know, what, what brings you satisfaction, you know, besides uh, it's a wrap. <laughs> um, well, it's so funny. You and I sit together at the tech table every year at the customer event and you witness me seeing it all come to life. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think, you know, you always watch me. I get choked up yeah. every time when our CEO gets done because there has been so much work put into it and yeah. so much yeah. pride of the message he's delivering and how hard he worked on it and how he's speaking to the whole industry and how he's just, he kind of pulls everything together. And, you know, we we see it all come to life. The furniture, the stage, the 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 presentations, everything yeah. comes to life and it's just so fun. Like yeah. it's one of the best parts of my whole year is yeah. that Tuesday morning yeah. of KM and seeing it all come together. Yeah. And then this last year, I would say probably one of the best parts that of days I've ever had at my job is when we got the results from our last event and we exceeded mm. expectations of 70% of responders. Mm. We exceeded their expectations. Wow. 
not exceeded and met, but just exceeded because we took the message and the theme so seriously and we spent so much time curating content and the whole event experience. That was the first time we took furniture into account and we updated seating and it was at an amazing venue and it was just the whole pack. It just came together and it was really exciting. Raise the bar. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're probably describing that euphoria that all of us have been playing. When it it comes together and it's good. I remember you said something, if I could say this, you said, I feel like a proud mom. Yes, I am like a proud mom. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) but I could see it. You know, you you had this sense of just um, uh, gratitude, but Mm -hmm. just proud of I think I actually said pageant mom. Pageant mom? (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody hit their marks and they did a good job and they had sparkle fingers. It was amazing. That's good. Yeah, well, yes. you were we proud were, regardless. I was. I, I was very I proud. We could because, all relate. And everything just worked well. My team, my team and I just, we've been doing it for a few years now, and we are just, yeah. we know our roles. I right. think that's really important when yeah. we execute on this event. We each have our role. Right. And we trust each other. Like, the three of us, the trust is there. I know they're going to hit what they need to hit. They know I'm taking care of things so they can focus right. on theirs. It's just, it, it just yeah. works. Well, that's a good point because delegation is necessary, but it's mm-hmm. difficult. It is. Because it kind of has your stamp on it. Yep. and But yet you can't be in all places at all times. Yep. So um, yeah, you have you do have a good staff, but I think you've learned to delegate. So probably that's something that we can glean from that is you've got to. Have I don't know if my my team would agree that I delegate because I ask lots of questions. I, I always want to know what everything is. But well, oh, accountability is still still exactly. Yeah, you, it's, not like, it's not like out of <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. No, you've got to still be in there and ask the questions. But but you're right. You've got to you still have to build a, a trusted. We team have and you. we have the we we noted this last event. We hit our stride. It just. Yeah. was easy. Yeah. I don't, and that's, yeah. it shouldn't be easy. It's a 500 person event over three days with a yeah. billion moving parts. That's not right. easy, right? but it felt right. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take you off the hot seat just for okay. a second and ask you. <laughs> so with all that, if you were to tell your 25 year old something, <laughs> a bit of advice, what would you tell her? Ooh, that's tough. Besides don't get married. Um, <laughs> that's for I, later. That's, yeah. that's, that's the second podcast. <laughs> um, I would say take that leap because mm. I really overthought. I, that. I really overthought coming not only to LexisNexis. I had worked at my last company for over 10 years. It's my first job out of college. It was what I knew. I got to work from home. I was like, like why would I leave? But I was not challenged. And so I came here, took that leap, basically on a whim. You know those days where you have a really bad day at work and you're frustrated, so you just go out on LinkedIn. Maybe nobody else does this, but got on LinkedIn, apply for a job. Next day they called. In two weeks, I had a job. So it was completely meant to be. And worked here, started working here three years later. Our VP of marketing approached me. She was like, I really really think – you should think about this job. I really think, and I was like, mm, nope. She talked to me for six months before wow. because take that leap, go, mm-hmm. go for it. Don't just, we, ha- we have a purpose here and I feel like I completely live it, but it's, we are innovators, passionate about the challenging the status quo and improving outcomes. And I started back then, challenge the status quo, take that leap, figure something else out. And I wish that, my 25 year old self knew that mm. because I would have taken a lot 
more leaps, mm. probably. And who knows where I'd be now? Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But at the same time, I, I think that may be a, a, a common quality in, in folks like you and our listeners who are, you know, event planners. You, these are not the... These are not the people who have to take risks, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they're they the ones who have to kind of put it out on the line sometimes. You do. Often. And not you just can't, sometimes, you just do. You don't want to go to an event that's the exact same event you went to last year. So you have to challenge yourself and you have to push yeah. and you have to push to think differently. Yeah. And I think maybe seeing that taking those leaps helped, mm-hmm. helps me push it every year. Okay, this outside speaker, maybe, sh- should we have them? I don't know. <laughs> and then it'll just knock it out of the park and it's amazing. And you're like, okay, that risk was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right. So you uh, put everyone on stage except yourself. Um, so here's a, here's a stage mm-hmm. question for okay. you. All right. So um, what's your walk on song? Oh, that's easy. Oh, really? It's my karaoke song too. Okay. Drum roll if there is one. Toxic by Britney Spears. Get out. Really? <laughs> I love that. You surprised me. That's <laughs> why so I didn't tell you. Oh, I love it. I know. I love it. Yeah. Like it okay. I mean, it, well, anything, Brittany. Yeah. Okay. But you're toxic for sure. Okay. That's good. <laughs> it's like my pump up song for okay. sure. That's good. <laughs> Am I going to start hearing that at events when I walk in a room now? So, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I'm, I, I don't have control of these things. Do I? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, listen. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. We're I'm going to we're going to transition our our chat a little bit. We're going to talk about some trends in the 20s. But if you would like to ask Allison a question, uh, we'll take it offline, and you can visit our Instagram at Dunlop Events or on Facebook at Dunlop Productions. And uh, I'll take a picture of us today. You can see us in the, <laughs> our time in the studio, and uh, you can ask your questions uh, directly, and uh, we'll find a way for Allison to 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 see those. And maybe give a response awesome. even at even awesome. the air. Yeah, I would. So. Ask away. Yes. And be nice, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Please. That's right. That's right. Please, please. Um, so I want to transition us to a segment that we're calling uh, Trends in the 20s. And this is a feature that we're going to do each week where we're looking at meeting trends in the era of the new decade. You know, the 2010s are gone. 2020s are here. And there's different expectations. The things that we learned in the last decade and prior, there's a different expectation from the attendee. And uh, if, we're not, or if we're not meeting and excelling and ahead of that, then we're gonna, you're going to be irrelevant. So mm-hmm. this is that we want to make sure that, um, that we're on top of that and our listeners kind of there. So today we're going to take a look at strategizing for maximum event experience okay. as, as our spotlight. We've been kind of talking about that already, mm-hmm. but we're going to talk more specifically. So I really find it interesting that audience engagement is one of the most important barometers of an event, mm-hmm. but yet it's the most often neglected because... It, the, it's just not planned for, it's not organized for, it's not structured for at the event. We all say we want an audience engagement, but not everyone, majority, don't go into an event structuring for that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they think of their own need mm-hmm. of disseminating information and all their own ROIs, but not the attendee experience. The reality is when you engage your attendee, it's, it is, they, their, their experience is ramped up exponentially by event experience. And that happens through a capturing of the cognitive, the physical and the emotional elements of the attendee. For, for too long, meetings have focused exclusively on the cognitive approach. You know, evidenced by speaker after speaker, presenter after presenter, just pounding information with the hopes that they're gonna, they're gonna have, they're gonna make a behavioral change. But that is not the most effective way to inspire mm-hmm. change. Mm-mm. 
as I say on the side. But I think we're evolving in our understanding that by harnessing the mind, body, spirit, yeah. you'll have greater results and able to check, to affect and change behavior. So, um, and I would say those who are truly innovative and influencers, and I'm putting you in that category, Allison, uh, of this new decade, that you, you do that intentionally mm -hmm. and you're structuring the flow of the conference to meet the mm -hmm. various need and pathways of the whole person. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk about six things you can do okay. uh, to uh, heighten the event experience. But I just want to ask you, mm -hmm. does that resonate with you? Absolutely. I think one thing that I can't stand and that we do not say is, well, that's just how we've always done it. Oh, mm -hmm. You can't say that because, I mean, we, ch we change stuff every year. We're testing. You have to change it and you have to listen to your attendees. What do they want? Because you do, you can get, I have to tell them this information. This is happening. I have to tell them. I have to tell them. But what do, what do they want to hear? How, how are they going to receive it? And how does it pertain right. to them right. is, right. Right. got to think through it. And I, I would have to say, because I'm not in the, the corporate meeting planner role, but there's a lot, of, a lot of pressure, I would say, on that event planner because you're getting multiple mm -hmm. voices that need to have a lot their, of thing, yeah, their thing. Yeah, a lot of stakeholders. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's balancing mm -hmm. that need, but also the attendee experience so that they can actually be moved to, to be inspired yep. to be changed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, so okay. with full, full disclosure, I have had some inside looks into <laughs> these meetings you talk about, perhaps, yes. perhaps being a part of the process myself, but I've had an opportunity to watch and witness how you have intentionally infused experience into the conference flow. Mm -hmm. We've talked about some of that, but I've, I've, I've made some other observations. Okay. So I'm going to just kind of, let's do it. I'm going to share with you the dynamics I've seen in action. Um, one is general session. Uh -huh. um, I just talked, we talked a, a moment about the, the adversarial customers. They're not really adversarial, but they're competitors. Uh -huh. they, they come together. But you did something to um, change up uh, and, and even um, bolster that connectivity with your general session. It was a big step. Tell us about that. The furniture? Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge win last year. Um, you know, as an event planner, you go to industry events to learn what's going on. And that was a huge thing that my team and I saw. It's a huge opportunity for us. Um, everybody uses rounds and theater seating. How could we do something different? <clears throat> so last year, for the first time, we did. We changed it up. We um, had little seating areas. We had um, pods. We had comfortable chairs. When you're at the general session for four hours, I think it was a huge difference. And aesthetically, we looked like innovators. Yeah. Aesthetically, even if the chairs had been uncomfortable, we looked like we were cutting edge. We were leading the mm -hmm. industry because mm -hmm. it wasn't the same as every industry event you had gone to. Yeah. And people were fighting over the, like, the big armchairs and they're really <laughs> comfy. But it was really cool because it was like multi-layered. It was so cool. There were high in the back, like stools, people were standing. But then we also ha focused on networking and had a bunch of different sizes of networking furniture. It wasn't just in the journal session. We took it to yeah. another level. Right. And we had from two people pods, so you could have these one-on-one -on -one conversations, to eight people tables, or you could eat meals together yeah. and collaborate. Right. And it was just through yeah. furniture. Yeah. Well, the psychology of that is you also adapted to people's different learning behaviors. Yes. Some like that high, they yep. want to be at that table. A lot of people like the far back at the high table. Yeah. Well, <laughs> back yeah, of class. Right. But, 
But the, I saw, honestly, I saw mm-hmm. some people with their yeah. feet up, yes. you know, like they're at home, but they were like, they, they were comfy. But they were engaged in what was being said yeah. on the stage. It they was, re- yeah. you and I got the luxury of seeing it from the back. Mm-hmm. We could see everybody and they stayed engaged. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. nobody was dozing off in their big comfy armchairs. They no, were they really comfy yeah. and they were really owning their space yeah. and really listening. That's a great word. They, they own their space yep. as opposed to just sitting in a theater chair or around yep. and uh, typical. Yep. One of the things I observed, and maybe I mentioned this to you at the time, when general session was over, people lingered. Yes, they did. Um, you could so keep they, having yeah, conversations. Yeah. It was like, why would I want to move mm-hmm. when I've got, I could, yep. you know, come over to my pod and let's talk. Yeah, let's talk. There was a, there's a lot of that going yeah, on. I, I know that's expense. And, you know, our listeners, you all have to identify that, but maybe, and, maybe start small. And you know, what what I found the most challenging is you cannot measure the ROI on that. No, you can't. You cannot, no. but you know it was there. It's right. not tangible, right. but it was very significant. Yep. It was a significant impact. You just can't measure it. Yep, yep. So a clear, clear mm-hmm. uh, home run, yep. if not grand slam. Mm-hmm. Um, and we even had it in our brand colors. It was amazing. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, but before I get off general session, there's yeah. something else I observed too, and that is you understand pacing. And again, this goes to the event experience because you stylistically mix up presentations from intensity messaging yes. to more inspirational, yes. to more business practice, or just um, you know aspiring something. Mm-hmm. You close with that. With yep. uh, so, tell us about the deliberateness of that. Because there is you, a deliberateness yeah. in that, and. Um, we always want somebody who really, you know, pushes the envelope with that, what, when it comes to like our theme. Like if it's around disruption, we want people who've actually lived disruption. So whether it all these different right now, you have a million options of people who've disrupted. Um, but we do we try to have kind of um, industry people on our first day. It's really like heavy on industry people and best practices. And our CEO speaks, and he's really aspirational and. We're very intentional on the graphics with his, too. We've worked really closely with you of, you know, huge screens where we are making important points really visually impactful. This is not your 16 by 9 PowerPoint. We have taken it to a whole other level. They are not static images. There Mm -hmm. are, you know, dynamic images happening behind him. He's pretty small on the stage and it's visually just impactful and we save that for him because as our CEO at our event we want his message to be inspirational Mm -hmm. and impactful of this is where we're going we hear you we know you and here's Mm -hmm. where we're going and then we like to he also closes our event wraps it all up but on Wednesday we also like you said have to like to have an inspirational Mm -hmm. person Um, we had Nicole Malakowski last year who is the first female Thunderbird and Again, no good deed goes unpunished. I will never top that. She was amazing. (laughs) And she just killed it. And it was cool because it wasn't business related at all. But people Mm -hmm. lingered and people talk are still talking about it to this day. And it was intentional. And every speaker we had last year tied back to our theme. That's also very intentional. We don't want it to be some disparate. It's just because it's a name you may have heard of, we're not gonna book them unless the message fits in our theme. I, I agree. Um, that was felt as much as it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, in your face. Mm-hmm. Just there was a sense of just pacing. You felt mm-hmm. like when you were ready for a different style of message to come at you, it was. Yep. But you take you take information flow beyond the journal session. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing I think you do really effectively, 
uh, is uh, this meet the experts. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you give people opportunity to connect with, you know, the people that may, you know, the, uh, I assume those are some of your technical folks here or who, who are these experts? But anyway, people mm -hmm. can make appointments with them mm -hmm. and they're, they're in the common area mm -hmm. where they're yep. milling about. And so they're, you, you've personalized mm -hmm. the experience for them. Yeah, we normally have 25 to 30 different topics at some roundtables. And we have one to two, no more than one to two LexisNexis people there. We do not want this to be a table full of us talking to one or two of our attendees. Yeah, yeah. We intentionally set the topics pretty high level so that the conversation can go in whichever direction the people who sit down at the table. And it's kind of, we also joke, it's like speed dating. You sit down, you've got a 20, you've got 20 minutes, a buzzer will go off, you go to a next topic. And what we have found too is people really are engaged if the environment is engaging. So we take furniture. When we've done it outside, game changer. Oh, yeah. Right. So we're really excited to be at a venue this year where we can take it back outside because that's another example of competitors sitting at the same table and asking mm -hmm. questions and talking. Mm -hmm. And obviously they don't give all the secrets away, but engaging in mm -hmm. conversations with each yeah. other. Um, and it's a lot of different people from our organization. It may be the product people. It may be the implementation people. It mm -hmm. may be a leader. Mm -hmm. It's all different people, but it's all who we feel because we have a good pulse on our attendees of who they want to talk to and yeah. what they want to talk about. Right, right, right. More it, ne it's networking. They want to network. Yeah, but it's but structured. But it's, it's very structured. But, but yep. It's, but it's it's organic. But you, you get know, to yeah. choose where you want to go. Right. right. Yeah. If you don't want to go, you want to go schedule a meeting with somebody else. Right. Go right. go for it. Yeah. But I I love that you you understand information happens not just with that plenary, but mm -hmm. it's it happens in other ways. Mm -hmm. Breakouts another one of those. And we can talk about that later on. But uh, where else I really noticed. You know, the unexpected was the, your networking lounge. You know, mm -hmm. I told someone, I said, it's like being in a Delta mm -hmm. a crown room. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, you you took, I don't know, some you took some cues from, from uh, you know, from major companies like uh, Delta Airlines and said, but look how they're approaching, you know, this this space. Mm -hmm. And you you coupled that. Um, and I, there's a lot, there's bean bags. I mean, there were, there were tables, yeah. <laughs> and there were, but there was, uh, but there was like these little private, mm -hmm. it was amazing. It was really cool. And yeah. it was very well received. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing we did when we did that was we also set up a genius bar where if you had a topic of somebody, we could help facilitate mm. setting up networking and setting that up. Because again, we're thinking about the attendee and what's their experience going to be great, but I don't know who to talk to. Well, that's not helpful for them. You have to help facilitate them what they may need, what they may expect, what they want. And we, we that was right. a huge win. Yep. And so that'll keep going. That's yep. one thing we will keep doing that's good. to help make sure that people can talk to yep. and learn what yep. they want to talk to and learn about. Yep. And obviously you've got the, the cognitive part, but you also, um, I've noticed the, the, the social bonding activities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, those are those are very um those are purposed mm -hmm. for a reason too. Yes. Uh, tell us about some of those and how that works. We we always have a welcome reception. It's really out on the first night. Um, we have found that outside, there's just something about being outside and we get to go to amazing. It's always in September. So it always lends itself to great outdoor activities. We have found that you should have some, some kind of, some engagement, whether it be like cornhole or checkers or humongous Jenga, something to get people to talk and interact with each other is imperative. And music. The music is, mm -hmm. we had a 
band a few years ago. It was so fun. And people stayed and they lingered and they talked and fire pits. People love a fire pit. Oh, yeah, they do. You add in a some more and they will linger forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you could bring those in if the, the venue right. doesn't have them. We, we do it all the time. I know. Yes. <laughs> they now have bourbon infused. Yes. So we had, we, we had, have to think about that. We right? had adult s'mores <laughs> last year. <laughs> I know. Well, obviously you're, you're kind of, you, you understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's pretty powerful. But, you know, when I was thinking uh, what I wanted to share with our listeners today, in addition to what you've saying, you know, I'd like to suggest maybe six ways for, for, uh, event plans to increase the event experience. One is general session. We know that it is, mm-hmm. it, it's necessary. It fulfills the plenary group identity and part of the movement. Um, it has a unique role in bringing people together and moving them with commonality. But, but to increase that experience with general session, you know, look for ways to break up the lectionary mode where everyone listens and just one person talks but engage the audience. So, and there's a number of ways to do that. Audience response, mm-hmm. you know, um, measures. And you don't need devices now. You can use your phone, Fine. you know. And so it's not a costly mm-hmm. thing. But what it does is it keeps the audience, the attendee engaged with that, that, that message. And they are part of the unfolding of that, of that aha, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some real moments that happen when, you know, when you get to know what's in the room and how mm-hmm. you think. And there's a, there's a building, there's an information, but it, there's an engagement there, um, and I also say, you know, be mindful of people's learning capacities and take advantage of those mental health breaks, whether it's, you know, some, you know, some, some breath cleansing moments or some stretching. But if you've got some long periods of general session, you know, hopefully you, you understand the biology of things. But, but there's also just a chance to just even stand up between speakers and do something that where you can just recalibrate. And that's, and that's important. Um, and I would say this. Second, make breakouts live outs. Mm-hmm. They should not be... Um, general session part two. Nope. They are completely different. And that's our yes. next terrain. That's our next frontier. That's our next area of focus here is taking our breakouts to the next level. Right. That's right. our next, the next thing we're really taking on. Because they, they offer a unique opportunity to now inter- internalize the, the learning um, in a different way, maybe less casual or more, less formal, I mm-hmm. should say, but also where there's an opportunity to, to have dialogue. Um, and I would say to our listeners, if your breakout is general session part two, you're missing you're missing the mark, right? Because the the level of learning that needs to take place there has to be more interactive, right? Um, uh, we've we've even talked about you know sometimes on a breakout, think about in the round, yes. Put the speaker in the middle and put uh-huh. your screens or your uh, your monitors on the outside of that circle, mm-hmm. but intentionally structure it much like you did with general session. Do mm-hmm. something unique in that breakout so it that really encourages right. that dialogue. Absolutely. But, uh, but if if we don't approach a breakout, um, well, approach a breakout differently than a general session. It it's can't so be much just more intimate, more and that's how you should yeah. be approaching it. It's these are much smaller. You can get immediate feedback. You can make them interactive. You can make them whether it's through talking or if you have an event app, polling in the event app, engage them, get yeah. them, make them part of the presentation, and it's better for every single person in the room. Yeah. The speaker. And the attendee, Absolutely. because the speaker right. wants you to be engaged right. with them too. Right, right, right. And I think that starts with, even with an expectation of the speaker. Listen, you know, fifty percent of this needs to be in dialogue. You yep. know, because it's 
this is not a captive audience where you just, to, 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 again, just talk to. Yep. They're coming mentally fatigued oftentimes out of general session. Yes. Give them that opportunity. To, that'll that'll re-engage them. Yep. You know. Absolutely. Nothing's more frustrating than being in a breakout and you can't ask questions. It's oh, like, absolutely. It's... You know, and there's yeah. so many different ways you could do it. If yeah. you're afraid that your audience won't yeah. raise their hand, apps allow you to submit yeah. questions. There's so many different ways you yeah. can facilitate that. And I'm really excited to see what we do there this coming yeah. up year. Me too. Third, I'd say be, be strategic and intentional with inspiring networking design. Provide a provide a prime space. Understand the different ways that people come together. And you know, it can be as simple as just furniture or just giving giving prime space for networking mm -hmm. as opposed to you know, it's not just happens at lunch, but find a way to make uh, networking pods around the perimeter of your of your events so that you're you're encouraging that dialogue. You know, uh, I think that's that again. It's part of the experience. Number four, uh, create a common space. You know, if your venue is trapped by walls and you don't have the Pacific Ocean, you know, looking at <laughs> sometimes you have to create a park or a quad experience mm -hmm. in that so that you. You know, in a university, that quad serves a purpose of kind of a, of a, of a you know informal come together. Create a create a create an esplanade, create a, a quad where people can come together and just talk. And if you got to bring some trees in because you have no no outside <laughs> walls, then do that. But you'll I you'll be that. yeah you'll be amazed at um, just how that component can raise. And I would say too, you've already touched on this, but group activity is another mm -hmm. way to build a social bonding whether it's philanthropic or just plain fun. Mm -hmm. But you've, you've got to have that element where they, they come off the, the mental uh, focus and can just, um, you know, be um, just engaged, you know, emotionally and, and, off, and relationally. And that's, and again, that's only going to deepen the learning that they're getting otherwise, yep. you know. So. I agree. Um, and I, finally, I'd say six, is just be mindful of the whole person. Um, you know, you're taking people oftentimes out of their routines and now you put them in this conference schedule. Be mindful that, you know, there may be, they're missing now their yoga morning, mm -hmm. their, 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 their centering time, you know, um, you know, offer a yoga class, maybe bring in the local spin instructor, mm -hmm. instructor and have your own little Peloton mm -hmm. class, but appeal to that whole person because mm -hmm. it, what it says the attendee is you they care about me as a person mm -hmm. not just i'm i'm a i'm a vessel to pour information to but you yep. care about them and you know you've you've already touched on this but food mm -hmm. you know if you know those people who have special diet needs but sometimes you just don't want to go to a conference and just give up on your give up on your on your food plan mm -hmm. you know give options options always yeah not just pasta yeah. and bread but right. think think through and I think it, you just have to think, it, what would you want to eat most right. of the time? And yeah. 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 you can make it better. Right. Because, you know, we, again, we're dealing with real live humans yeah. who we've amassed into now a different reality. Mm -hmm. And we have to be sensitive to that. You know, I'm even sensitive to, and I learned this one. I, you know, I, I, I love a, like, a great glass of bourbon, but I had a friend of mine that was at a conference not too long ago and, and they had the cocktail hour. And they had no viable option for non-drinkers. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a struggling, al you know, alcoholic, and that's a trigger for him. But the, uh, but the options at the bar were, um, you know, were just maybe a, a bottled water. There wasn't a non-alcoholic nice alternative, so he's already set apart. Mm -hmm. You know, so he's he, that's a conscious decision and one he needs to make for his own health. But 
I think we need to be careful even in our cocktail time so we don't alienate people. I love that. Have some fun mocktails. Yeah, right. Ooh, I love uh, that. Only because we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to embarrass no. people or if they're making that choice. So that's part of just, just kind of like looking at the needs of the whole person. Oh, I think I it's love important. That. Yeah. So anyway. So designing and being intentional to structure event experience is the first and most important step and just making the most of your meeting. Just having that as as a mantra is a good start. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm uh, I'm proud of you. Oh, you're, you're doing it. And, thanks. Um, and I would say the true innovators look beyond the tradition of mm-hmm. lectionary classroom experiences to meeting the mind, body, and emotions of a person's constructs. So, so with that premise in mind, let that be a litmus test to your schedule, listeners, to build on the whole person. And uh, you may at times have to champion it because traditional thinking has a way of we're always working against us. So. <laughs> Um, but Allison, I want to say thank you for being with us today. You, you have insights, um, and you have probably much, much more. We could go on for another hour. We could. Hour. We you could talk that. for hours. I know. <laughs> but thank you for allowing us to peer inside your Thanks world. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, some of the secrets of your success. And um, we wish you, I wish you continued success as you lead and inspire change. And, and I have the, no doubt that you've done that for our listeners today. Thanks. So, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and to all of you, thank you for listening to today's Event Pros podcast. If you'd like to ask questions of one of our leaders and influencers, please feel free to ask your questions on our podcast Facebook page at Dunlop Productions and on our Insta at Dunlop Events. And uh, take a moment, will you, and subscribe to this podcast for our coming shows. We have some exciting guests and topics lined up to enhance every part of your event planning experience that you encounter. And I want to say a special thanks to our engineer, Leonard Walston, for keeping us sounding good along the way. So from all of us here at Event Pros, thanks for listening. And as we say from the control desk at the end of every good show, that's a wrap. That's a wrap.